Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, I'm Megan Gray and you're listening to Vocal Girls in collaboration with Tomorrow Magazine's Change the Record podcast. This is the last episode of this special collaborative series, so thank you so much for all your support. It's been an absolute honour to platform so many incredible women from across the creative industries. This week, I'm speaking to the endlessly talented, emerging singer-songwriter Olivia Dean. Call me up to meet you, static on the phone. Normally I need you this time, I don't want to go. Lately I've been growing. The 21-year-old from East London previously toured as part of Rudimental's band before beginning to release her own music back in 2018. Whilst the world was starved of live music, Olivia made it her mission to spread joy, spending the summer touring around the UK and playing gigs from a yellow van. Now she's on the way to big things, having just released her brilliantly open new EP, What Am I Gonna Do on Sundays, and has sold out two shows at London's Jazz Cafe, scheduled for April next year. In this episode, we talk about the music that's inspired her, how this year of change has impacted her identity and her ambitions for the future. This year has maybe been one of the most interesting years of my life, I would say, so far. I feel like so much has happened. I mean, obviously, the whole pandemic Mm. has been crazy for everyone. Um... But I just feel like so much has changed. Like since I put my last EP out to like now putting my next one out, I've like changed so much as a person. And um, it's been wild. I've been on tour. I've been in, on a yellow van tour. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So obviously while most musicians are kind of having to do live streams or have all their gigs cancelled, you went out mm. in a yellow van. <laughs> this is amazing. Where did the inspiration come from behind this? So basically I um, was in lockdown and I was actually by myself for like three months. Wow. Which was very interesting. Really yeah. had to look within. I'm and, not sure um, I could have done that. I'm I don't, I wasn't sure that I could do it. And then I sort of had to. So. Mm. <laughs> but you know what? I'm in a weird way sort of grateful because things like this were born out of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just, I really wanted to see people. And this year was supposed to be like my first year playing festivals yeah. and, th- and stuff. And I was like, I'm not having it. I was like, I, I'm not having it. Like, my summer's been ripped from me and I, and I just want it back. So I was talking to my manager and I was like, what if I got on my bike? Because I love riding my bike. I'll just set off with no destination all the time. Um, and just went to people's doorsteps and, like, sang them a song. She's like, mm, you could do that. Or, like, what if it was a van? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. And, like, what if we painted it bright yellow and what if the doors opened up and all this stuff? This is so dreamy. And then... I just obviously had the time, like, in lockdown to sort of actually plan it out and think about making it a reality. So we managed to get Clarks to sponsor it. And we were like, please, you know, give us money. <laughs> Help us actually do it. And they were like, yeah, 100% down. So wow. we did it for, like, two months, like, two and a half and months. And did you go around the coast, did I see? Yeah, we went to Cornwall. And, like, oh, I'm lush. so much, like, a London girl. Like, I haven't really been mm. to loads of parts of the UK. So, like, we went to Cornwall and we went to Leeds. And we went to, like, Nottingham and all these places. It was amazing. And did you just kind of, like, spontaneously just pull up and decide where you were going to play? Yeah, pretty much. We, like, I said on my Instagram, like, oh where do you live do you want me to come and play 
And then we sort of just like did a rough like tour around that. And we didn't even get to go all the places I wanted to. Hopefully in spring, we're going to, you know, really go in and do some more dates with it. Because I got it for life now. Like I just have this big van. It's so cool as well. I absolutely love the design. I was like, this is such a look. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. Can't lie. Oh God, that must have been so much fun. It was. It was incredible. Like it was everything that I sort of wanted it to be and more like Mm. I just got so much happiness out of it and um, it really made me realise like live music is so important yeah 100% like for me as a person yeah and just for other people as well so we gotta hope that they (laughs) sort it out (laughs) because I know right why was it that you felt that you didn't connect with like the virtual way of doing gigs Mm. I am someone like before lockdown i sort of struggle with instagram and things mm. um it makes me feel really anxious and yeah, um i don't i just don't i don't really like spending time on my phone a lot as a person anyway like i'm the worst at replying to text <laughs> my phone's always dead and so instagram is sort of my least favorite part of my job yeah so when everything moved online i was like no i'm so bad at like selling myself and I just like people yeah. and I like like seeing people's faces and I just found it really just like exposing. Yeah, I think that I thought when people were doing the live streams, I was like, I could never, ever do that. I mean, one, because I'm not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just couldn't do it without the reaction. I imagine mm. as a performer, the reaction from the crowd is the kind of thing that makes you feel alive. Exactly. And also like, yeah, when a song would be finished, it's just like, well, that was that one then okay yeah on to the next on to the next and it's just like I remember there was one time where I like was going on to do a live stream and like 20 minutes before I was feeling awful I was just feeling so like low and just like the last thing I wanted to do was like Put broadcast my face yeah. and you have to just be like hi yeah I get that I also just I mean I think it's really great that people are doing all the live streams because obviously it enabled us to have something mm. but I mean, for me, I've just not connected with it because it's just there's something about being in the atmosphere of mm. the gig that's just the endorphins are just exactly. <laughs> How did people react to your music when you were on tour then? Um, really, really well. I got a really good reaction. Like, I think, firstly, people were confused because they were <laughs> like, "What is that? And who is she?" And um, I think then as like the set sort of, you know got into itself i think people were just like afterwards like the main thing people said were just like thank you so much oh that's lovely they were like i haven't heard live music in months and like just thank you so much and that is all i could ask for like that was the whole point of it like i just wanted to bring some live music back into people's lives and i did it so that must have been such an amazing feeling to know that you were kind of like spreading the joy yeah exactly it was crazy like i got on bbc news like that was <laughs> wild like me on the telly i did blue peter as well like this no man way, that's dreams come true my life yeah <laughs> blue peter i have a badge now oh that is life goals yeah it is no it actually is like it's career highlight for me like so far nothing has topped that that's it now <laughs> you can get a brit and it's never gonna I don't <laughs> song that you picked for your yesterday now so mm. what song did you choose and why? so i've chosen this song called pissed off by angie stone so angie stone is 
one of my mums and my aunties, like favourite, favourite artist. We actually saw her at the Roundhouse a couple of years ago. And um, this song, I remember them telling me when I was younger, my auntie had just broken up with her partner. He was a bit rubbish. Right. She'd been with him for quite a long time and she just got rid of him. And they got into my auntie's car and they turned up their radio so loud and they played this song and we're just like we're so pissed off and it's like they always play it like sometimes when we get drunk in the evenings they like <laughs> we'll put this one on and it's just got this I don't know this beautiful memory attached to it for me my mum and my auntie are like my biggest inspirations Aww. they're incredible my mum is actually the first well she's the deputy of the Women's Equality Party I read this but she is the first black deputy of a political party in the UK and Europe. Wow. Think that's, that's crazy. Cool. What a woman to have as your mum. <laughs> it's like, it's insane. She is like such a force and mm. a presence and she's just the most inspiring person I know. So yeah, this song I just had to pick for her. Do you think that, that her kind of strength has inspired you to be like that a hundred percent she just from when i was younger she was just like you can just do anything that you want to do like anything you want to do you, you can do it and um i think i just get that from her like i'm so like i don't care what other people think <laughs> what other people think really i mean i try not to yeah obviously to some extent you always do but i definitely think i get this just i don't know what the word is just like, yeah, strength from yeah. her. Just like, it just comes from within, I guess. I think that's such a powerful mindset to instill into a child because mm. I think as a child anyway, you're kind of naturally like, you can you believe anything's possible. Mm. And then as you become an adult, the kind of weight of the world sinks in and, and you start to think that that isn't the case. Mm. But I think having that driven in from the outset and continue to be is just so powerful and mm. like look where it's got you so I know I just yeah I wouldn't be I mean everyone could say this about their parents of course but like I really wouldn't be the person I am without her being my mum if that oh. makes sense oh well shout out to your mum yeah, <laughs> love you mum love you <laughs> so um in terms of music obviously that was a big memory and influence for you but what are kind of your other musical inspirations very good question um, I love, I like, I'm obsessed with music. Like I use, um, Spotify, like Instagram, if that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Like I just will be on there all the time looking for stuff. Um, but I think when I was growing up, like first, like falling in love with music, it was people like Amy Winehouse and, um, Lauren Hill. My middle name's Lauren after Lauren Hill. Oh, really? Because my mum loved her so much, yeah. Um, I think I just loved like their sort of brutal honesty mm. and, um, just them being really vulnerable in yeah. their lyrics and just sort of bearing it all. Yeah, it's like bearing your soul, isn't it? Exactly. And I think that's why, where I, I don't know, my songwriting style, I guess, I suppose, is quite, um, this is what's going on, guys, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> not exposing. kind of beating around the bush. No, yeah. no. It's um, almost like therapeutic for me to songwrite, and that's how I felt listening to their music. So mm. I'd say they were my biggest inspirations. I also love Carole King. Yeah. Um, she's just obviously incredible songwriter <laughs> um but yeah i love i love all kinds of stuff like i really love reggae music and i really like talking heads mm. and like jeff buckley and things like i just i just love good music yeah everything yeah i like it really annoys me when people are like disappointed when they ask you what music you're into and you just say everything because mm. i'm like 
but it is it's like it's almost my my least favorite question you yeah know, you meet someone it's like so what kind of what kind of music you meant i know and you're like oh my god let me think of something really cool i know <laughs> it's like literally i listen to everything it just depends what mood i'm in yeah like i feel like no one listens to like one artist no but i don't know maybe some people do so when did you first realize that music was something you wanted to do as a career Mm, that's a good question um i think so i used to be quite shy when i was younger and um i started doing musical theater on the weekends because my mum was like come on babe <laughs> let's get you a little hobby let's you know what i mean get you out of your shell a little bit like the first like um performance i ever did i was crying like i was singing you know tomorrow from annie tomorrow yeah. and i was like hiding behind the piano and like crying Aww. yeah and how are um, you crying and singing at the same time i was quite just a absolutely terrified like i was so um like introverted um oh, as a child you. and but wait the question was how did i knew i wanted to do music yeah so it was around that time I think I was watching like CBeebies or something and there was like a woman sort of singing and like dancing down the road and I said to my mum, I was like, I think I want to be a singer. And she was like, you can. She was like, you can do that. And I was like, great, fantastic. And then I think since then there's just been no plan B. Like everything I've done has just, you know, and you just know what you want to do so you just sort of head that way. Yeah. And then somehow I've got here. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like... You just you just have it in your head what you want to do. Was there a moment that you realised you could sing? Because obviously there's one thing having that ambition, but then you've also got the talent to match up. Um, well, no, I definitely couldn't sing when I, <laughs> when I started singing. I've been singing since I was like eight, um, and I had singing lessons when I was younger. Um, but I think when I got a guitar and like right. started like you know writing in my room at like I don't know how old I would have been like fifteen or something, I was like actually. I maybe got a little something here, guys. <laughs> I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> Musical theatre step aside. I was like, music could be me. <laughs> I've actually just started to try and learn guitar this oh, year. Amazing. I Wait, bought a guitar this year. What guitar did you get? I bought a. I actually I went hard. I bought a. 1960s like classic Fender Strat. Oh my or god, go off! I love Fenders. They're so nice. I literally was like. I went to Denmark Street, Classic. like I did it like properly, and I bought this like beautiful secondhand guitar that was like love at first sight. Amazing. I was just like, because all my life I've wanted to do it, and I've always just made excuses. I've been like, oh, it's too late. Mm. Never too like late. I always wished I'd learn when I was a kid, and then do you know I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it this year. This Why is not? my year of like just doing it. So do you think you're gonna do lessons, or are you gonna sort of just? figure it out for yourself i had a couple of lessons with my friend because he's like incredible at the guitar like we did some zoom ones nice. under lockdown but i've kind of like i've lost the momentum a bit with it because it pisses me off when i can't get mm. something quickly and when you're first learning guitar like your your fingers get all like you know yeah like cramping my hand as yeah, well it's like, not cute it just annoys me that i just i just hate being shit like mm. every time i do it takes me like a second to do a chord progression. Exactly, like, you just want to be good straight away. <laughs> I started learning saxophone. Like I, I like acquired a tenor sax. That's and was amazing. Like, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna be Lisa Simpson. And then I just was like, oh, but I'm not good enough. So I just, <laughs> I just stopped. It's so annoying because it's like when you're a kid, you don't have that. You just do it. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if you crap. You just do it. I, I used to play the trumpet when I was a kid. <laughs> I love that. Like, why didn't I learn something useful like the guitar? I just went straight for the trumpet. No, trumpet's quite cool, you know. 
we'll see. Maybe we should start a little band. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring it back. You with the sax, me on the trumpet. <laughs> it could be cute. It could be cute. Yeah, I reckon we could make it work. So obviously from that point where you kind of realised that you could sing mm. um, and you started going to theatre school at the weekends. So you then got into Brit school. Is I that did, correct? yes. What was that like? Um, it was incredible. I feel like some people, I don't know, kind of have a, quite a funny perception of it or... Some people are even like a chip on their shoulder. I don't know, but it was the best thing I ever did. Um, wow. Where I grew up, I was sort of like um, the odd one out, that sort of annoying one that wanted to sing in assemblies <laughs> all the time. Like I went to a sports and technology college and um, right. I really felt when I went to Brit that I like found my my people mm. and um, like I met all my best friends there and like my band and stuff. And it's just an incredible place. Like it's a it's a free school in Croydon. Um, everyone, you just go there, I guess, if you want if you know what you want to do and you know you want to study music or theatre or art or whatever. It's incredible. Mm. It's such a cool school. Like I just learnt so much and like it just really opened me up as a person. Yeah. I'd say. Wow. And then obviously coming out of that, you were. Uh spotted mm. by rudimentals yeah <laughs> this i mean the story is actually ridiculous so yeah so went into brit and was there for four years and um on my sort of final performance where you do like an original song and like the theater they have there um my, my now manager was in the audience and she was doing day-to-day for rudimental at the time and she was like can i manage you and i was like yeah <laughs> like what sure like of course like if you want um and she was like hey cool and then it was like um yeah they had a spot open up and they were she was like do you want to audition to like do some singing with them and i was like um yeah and then i was like might as well audition probably not gonna get it and they were like yeah do you want to come on tour with us so wow. like came out of college and like started just going straight into rehearsals and then went on tour with them like they headlined V Festival and I was like there playing Shaker in the back. And, that like, is mad. We did the Jimmy Fallon show. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And all this crazy stuff. How did that feel? It was incredible. Like, it was real, like, pinch me stuff because mm. I was like, um, you know that thing, imposter syndrome, where you're like, yeah. how did I get here? Like, <laughs> I am absolutely blagging it, guys. Like, it's <laughs> like accidentally wandered under the stage at me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but no, I'm so grateful. Like, that opportunity. Like I, I knew I loved like performing live, but being able to be in like those type in front of those types of crowds, yeah. At that age, I was like, oh my god! Like I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like it really gave me like another like push in the direction yeah. of like, okay, I really want to do this. And that inspired you to make want to make music of your own. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was already sort of songwriting and and writing my own music at the time, um, but yeah, I it did make me realise that, like, I wanted to do it for myself. Yeah. And, um... And here we are. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So, for your today, what did you choose and why? So, this song, I found it the other day, even though I love Carole King and I've always loved her, I didn't know about this song. And it's called Bitter With The Sweet... And I just love the lyrics. Um, it's definitely my morning song. I put yeah, in the morning. It's very morning. Yes, or when I'm riding my bike um, around South London, I just put this one on. And yeah, I just love it. Like one of the lyrics that in the first verse is like um, something about 
I don't know what's so important about being someplace at some time. And it just really spoke to me because I'm late for everything. <laughs> and I'm just not in a rush in life in any way, shape or form. So I love her for that, for Carol. And um, yeah, just the whole sentiment about like, you've got to take the bitter with the sweet and like life can't be amazing all the time. Yeah. And that's okay. And um, some days are really shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can't have amazing days unless you've had a really shit one. So... Yeah, that's my song for today. I love Carol King, always have done, and um, it's nice to find something new from someone you love. Yeah, I love that when that happens. Like, I'm a big fan of Amy Winehouse, mm. just like year and night. I love when you, like, discover a live version from, like, a jazz club, like, ages ago or something. It's like, oh, my God, how did I not know about this? She was just like, I mean, I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know, but just mm. out of this world. I know. Like, She's like, other, yeah, her voice is like... I would say it's like an instrument, isn't mm. it? It's just, yeah, I think she's just phenomenal. And sometimes I think that maybe you have to be in like this almost like dark space to mm. be able to like make something that mm. incredible. I don't know. Like, I just, she's just otherworldly, isn't she? She is, yeah. It's very like vulnerable, her music, and so. I don't know, yeah, obviously she was in quite a dark place. Mm. It's funny that with music, though, because it's like, obviously, thinking about myself as a songwriter, like, I want to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want my mental health to be, like, <laughs> A1, like, yeah. in life. Um, but in terms of songwriting, it's often, um, yeah, as you said, the most interesting stuff or, I don't know, stuff that touches people comes from quite a dark, yeah. sad place. But so. maybe that's how you... Maybe that's how you as a person cope and keep your mental health good because mm. you are enabling yourself to put your dark times into something mm. that you can then be like right that was how I felt at that point and then put it out there and exactly that's really special yeah I'm having this whole sort of internal debate with myself at the moment because the next song I'm about to put out is like the saddest thing I've ever written really it's like like for me just like devastating to sing and um Aww. like I, I wrote it at a time when I was really really sad and it was like a year ago and it's so strange it's like writing I was trying to explain it to my mum it's like writing a diary entry mm. when you're like at your lowest point and then a year later having to open it up and read it to everyone over and over again <laughs> <laughs> my god and it's like if you haven't if you haven't um dealt with that that box of stuff it's a lot. Yeah, you're opening Pandora's box of it. Exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, I was like, oh, but I want to put out positivity into the world and, like, I want to help people and I don't want to make people sad. But I was talking to my friend and she was like, I think sometimes sad music helps you the most. 100%. Definitely. Because it's like you can relate. Someone else is sad too. So yeah. you're not sad. I and it know. always makes you feel so alone and you feel, like, understood. Mm. And I think sometimes people have difficulty putting into words how they feel, but mm. music does that exactly so, so yeah I, i'm excited to put it out but i'm also like so scared yeah that makes sense especially if if you like written a song about someone or mm. something that must be a bit like <laughs> yeah but i read somewhere like i can't even remember what it is now and, and it's a quote and it's like once you make something like or write a song or like a piece of art like it's your duty to put it out because it's not yours anymore like it's for it's for the world you know yeah. what i mean oh, to that's share. a beautiful way of looking at it so you can have it guys <laughs> <laughs> <At> my pain <laughs> so i wanted to 
talk to you a bit about your recent singles. So, Hardest Part is so beautiful. Oh, thank I literally you so much. fallen in love with the song um, so much. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. I can't lie. <laughs> this music video was inspired by the Supremes. Yes, indeed. It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. I'm sorry. I can't lie. I have to catch <laughs> myself for a second. So, yeah, this song I wrote... Um, in Copenhagen like around Christmas time last year and I'd just come out of this really serious relationship and it was like you know when you're like okay a chapter of my life just closed yeah and I'm opening another one now and um it was like the right thing to do sort of moving into this new chapter but it was hard you know and you you know yeah. you spent a long time with someone of course and it's like oh we've sort of done all the growing we can do together and that's okay mm. and we're going our separate ways now and we've learned from each other and um, yeah, so the song was born and I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. And it, for me, it was like a song I really needed, like a positive breakup yeah. song. Even if I could, would it go back where we started? I was in lockdown and I was thinking about what the, the music video could look like and then I remembered I don't know just the, the sound of the song makes me feel quite Motowny and yeah old school and um my mum I remember my mum telling me that my mum my auntie and um their cousin used to pretend to be the three degrees in her room <laughs> and like sing into hairbrushes <laughs> and be the three degrees so I was like oh my god what if I did a music video where I'm all of the supremes and so then it was good. like yeah let's let's just do it um, so then it was born. Yeah, I had to like learn the dance routine in lockdown over Zoom. Really cute, and um, <laughs> yeah, and then we managed to, to to film it. But it's like one of the things I'm most proud of. I've done. But didn't something? Didn't your finger something happen with your finger that day? <laughs> Christ Almighty! So this is like a typical thing that would happen to me. So obviously there was because I'm the three Supremes. There was the main girl yeah. who had this massive, massive ring on my middle finger, and then right. the two other girls. And because I was changing from outfit to outfit um, the whole day, the ring was coming off and on and off and off and on. Right. And then the last time it went on, it didn't come off. It did I not come off. Why? Do you think? Do you I think just, just it's, like, it swell up. You know when you like go to a shop and you try on a ring and then it gets a little bit stuck and yeah. you have that panic moment. Where yeah. You're like, fuck, 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 fuck. It was like that, but in <gasps> reality. And the stylist was like, um, "I need that ring back because it's like sentimental." And I was like, "Babe, <laughs> it's not coming off my finger anytime soon." She was like, "Okay, don't panic. Go home. Like, just chill out. You know what I mean? Have a glass of bubbly. Relax. Yeah. Your finger will come down." <laughs> And luckily, I was with my friend Rosan, who's absolutely hilarious and like made this so, such a funny experience rather than me being really sad. And then went home and it just wasn't coming off. It wasn't coming off. Oh and I was getting God. really panicky and my finger was going purple and I was losing all sensation. And she was like, we need to go A&E now. So we ended up in Lewisham A&E at like 3 a.m. that morning and they had to cut it off. They had to saw it off. And she was like, normally, sorry, this is such a long story, but it's brilliant. No, no, no. So <laughs> normally they'd get like a brace underneath it. Right. She was like, you haven't got any wiggle room. She was like, we have to go straight in with the blade. I was like, just get the thing off my finger. It's oh just funny because we went from this glamorous, glamorous shoot <laughs> to being in A&E and like leaving with like a sling. And like just like a busted up finger. Oh no! It was brilliant though. Like I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I love <laughs> stuff like that. It's so funny to me. I feel like that would make me panic so much. But now, like putting rings on is a bit traumatic for me. <laughs> like it's You're triggering. Scarred. Yeah. Like every time, like I'm like, oh nah, I'm gonna leave that one today, guys. <laughs> were we able to save the ring? No. 
I had to text Lucy and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, Aww. it's done. It's done out. The ring's gone. <laughs> sorry. Obviously, you were saying that that song is kind of about like a breakup and moving on. Mm. Was there like a real turning point for you in terms of like realizing that it was all okay after mm. that relationship ending? Um, I don't know. It It was sort of a process. I feel things quite deeply. I'm like a quite deeply emotional person. Yeah. And um, I think when you break up with someone, it's like you think you're over it and then you're not. And it's like comes in waves and maybe you never really get over it. Yeah. Um, But I wrote a song like just towards the end of lockdown, actually, because obviously in lockdown, I was all like, you know, alone and like in my feelings. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Bit I, of a time of reflection. Exactly. And um, I hadn't written for a long time and I wrote this song that hasn't come out yet and hopefully will come out next year and it's called Be My Own Boyfriend and I think at the I point when that. I wrote Sorry. that <laughs> I was like I actually I am like I sort of realised that you don't need someone else to like complete you like you don't need like another another half like you're whole by yourself and like you can be your own boyfriend like if you just love yourself and then anyone else that comes into your life yeah cool like that's cute yeah. but like you're fine by yourself and at that point, I was like, okay, cool, I'm over it. I'm yeah. fine. You're not like a half that it needs to complete. No, like you're not going through life like looking for someone to like make your life better. Like if you can make your life banging by yourself, then anything else is just a plus. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so excited for that song to come out because like that's my vibe at the moment. Like I love that. I love that already just from the title. And then obviously you've just released... Um, Echo. Yes. Which is also beautiful. Oh, thank you. Honestly, I'm absolutely obsessed with your music at the moment. I just I've been like literally looping it for the last few days. Amazing. <laughs> um also, I have to say, the suit in this video. I know. Can we just talk about that for a second? Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> so the last video obviously I was wearing that glamorous dress and I was just like, Okay, this video, I wanna go to the other end of it. I wanna yeah. be wearing a suit. I understand why men wear suits. I mean, everyone can wear suits, but like I understand now. Yeah. It's so powerful. It is, isn't it? Like, if I could, I would wear that suit every day. Um, it's like blue, anyone who hasn't seen it, it's like blue velvet, like quite tight fitting, incredible, like a blue yeah. silk shirt and that, underneath it. And that collar, it. the big collar Ooh, as oh well. Oh my God, I'm really into like <laughs> 70s fashion. So Me like too. all those collars and the flares, yes. Um, yeah, it was a privilege to be able to wear that suit. So tell me a bit about what Echo is about. Okay, so Echo was written um, at a time, I think it was actually written like a couple years ago. It's funny with music, like it sometimes takes a long time to come out or it takes a long time for me to be ready to put something yeah. out. Um, and I think I wrote it at a time in my life where I was feeling quite lonely and right. um, disconnected. And um, I really needed some support and strangely enough, I'm not good at talking about my feelings. I I hate it. <laughs> this seems to be like quite a common theme for musicians. Yeah, I find it really uncomfortable. But I think that's why I write songs because yeah. it's sort of like a, a way to um, express those things. And um, yeah, I just I just was going through something, and I really needed particularly one person. But I think this song can just apply to just pe generally people. I needed just someone to listen. Yeah. And you know when you're like, you have a problem or you have a really shit day and you're like, you don't need a solution. Like, I don't need you to practically tell me yeah. this is what you need to do. I just need you to be like, it's okay. Here you go. Here's an arm around you. Definitely. You'll be all right. 
you know, just some backup. Mm. And I was just feeling so frustrated. Someone I was like, in your corner. Exactly. And um, so, yeah, that's how that this song was born. It's, it's quite an angry one for me, but I quite like it. <laughs> it's, it's fun to perform. <laughs> I took five on the way home. Called you for a little piece of mine. Was out looking for some healing. But it seemed a little hard to find. No man's an island. And I know that it's since kind of, although not kind of explicitly linked, it has been linked to potentially representing feelings in like the Black Lives Matter movement in mm. terms of like people, you know, echoing your voice exactly. and everyone supporting each other. Are the events this year something that you ever feel compelled to write about? Mm. Yeah, so when this song came out, obviously it wasn't originally about that because it was written like two years ago. Yeah. But when it came out, I was like, oh my God, like this feels really relevant right yeah, now. Yeah, it's and, really fitting. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that people have, have drawn that link to it mm. because that couple, I don't know how long, I mean, it feels, I mean, it's still going on now, but when that all started happening in lockdown and like I was alone in my flat and um, even myself, I was starting to think about like how I feel about being mixed race and like really right. exploring like how I feel about being black. And then that happened at the same time. It was like <laughs> brain wow. exploding. Yeah. And um, it was really hard. I was so moved by everything that happened in those couple of months. And um, it really changed my perception of myself and like the world around me and like, I don't know, just the people I want to work with even in, in my music and yeah. just diversifying things. And 100%, like when I come to write my album, which I'm starting to think about now, I want to explore all that stuff. Mm. I want to explore, like, I think I really compartmentalise like even just me like growing up mixed race in East London, like there wasn't many black people and like the effect that would have had on me and um yeah just in the music industry like you know how you sometimes you can feel like the odd one out and i want to explore all that stuff yeah and give an insight i guess well yeah and you'll also probably empower young girls i hope who so felt like you to feel the same i hope feel so good about themselves and it's inspired. crazy the, the, the maddest thing that i i've um was sort of thinking about i used to straighten my hair every day um, until like no a year way. and a half ago, every single Your day. Your fucking amazing. <laughs> well, but I didn't think that. I genuinely, it's so sad. I was like, I, I, no one will find me attractive, which is stupid. Now I don't really care if anyone finds me attractive, but <laughs> at the time, you know, when you're young, and um, yeah, I was just like, I have to straighten it. I have to assimilate, and I have to fit in. And um, now I would never do that. Yeah. I w and now I'm like, I look at pictures and I'm like, oh, babe, like, <laughs> you had no idea, honey. And so, yeah, my hair's so important for me. Even just a small thing, like, I want um, other women, like, other mixed race women, other black women to, like, see, like, your natural hair is so beautiful. And, yeah. like, you don't, it's not, doesn't need to be tamed. It's not, like, you know, messy or unprofessional. Yeah. So, like, I just want my hair to, like, grow and grow and grow and take over the world. But even in just in small things like that. Yeah, I don't definitely. Know. When you're saying, you know, you used to straighten your hair and then you realise like you didn't need to do that. What was there anything in particular that inspired that kind of realisation? Mm. Honestly, I, I wish there was like one day where I'd like threw my straighteners out the window and I was like, <laughs> No more Um I think it was a mixture of things. I think I couldn't be bothered yeah. anymore. Like I'm running out of time in the morning. Like getting up like an hour earlier to do that is preposterous. I, I don't know how you did that. And um, like I think it was like summer and I'd been on holiday and I didn't want to like straighten my hair all the time. And then I just sort of realised that like oh, 
you're actually, you know, quite pretty with with your natural hair, hon. And like, it's not, it's not that deep. I don't know what I was so scared of. Yeah, it was like a fear, but that's just crazy to me. Like that, my environment and um, made me feel that I had to do that. Yeah, and you didn't even necessarily realize at the time, and it was no. just this kind of like no. oppression. And exactly, and it was so like... compartmentalized, like that I didn't. I didn't even really think about it. Yeah. It was just like, oh, that's just something I have to do. Yeah. So anyone out there who's straightening their hair, you don't actually have to. <laughs> There's, you don't actually have to do it. Like, you can just stop. <laughs> that would be my word of advice. Unless you, you like it, which is, which is fine. <laughs> if you can't be bothered, you don't have to. This podcast is not sponsored by GHD. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. So what did you choose for your tomorrow song? So my tomorrow song um, is one... Let me say the title right, first of all. My tomorrow song is One Life Might Live by Little Sims. Um, I love her. She's so cool. Um, She is. She is. (laughs) And I think she... I mean, she's been around for quite a while, but her whole um, style and energy that she gives off I think was a massive inspiration for me. I just think she's so powerful. Yeah. And um I don't know, I just find her so inspiring. And the song as well, it's just like you only have one life. You yeah. might as well just live it and do whatever the fuck you want to do. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to No, no, you swear. are you're good. <laughs> um I just think I just love the sentiment of it. Like life is just so short and um I think when I realised that like being cool doesn't really matter doesn't it's not it doesn't really exist there's no such thing and like the moment you stop caring about what other people think of you and also stop worrying so much about like i don't know if like guys find you attractive or like what your instagram looks like and things like that like you can be so much happier i don't know yeah and the irony is that's probably when you're the most attractive to everyone exactly when you don't care started reading this book and we don't need to go too deep into it called the beauty myth right um and it's just about like how it doesn't really exist <laughs> like well, yeah it's just a way that like i don't know it's just been invented by men to control it's all women completely subjective anyway isn't it like everyone finds completely different people attractive so exactly <laughs> like the whole idea of like being beautiful i think just sort of slows you down i mean everyone is beautiful and like mm. but i think the obsession with it i don't know yeah, that's I sort of went on a tangent there from no, Little no, Sims, no, no. but it's just the whole the whole idea of just like yeah, you literally have one life, so I don't know, I'm not gonna waste my time feeling anxious about Instagram and um, yeah things like that. She wrote this um, album in lockdown, didn't she? I think she did. It's yeah. EP rather, sorry, because it came out this year, didn't it? That that mm. song. It is a great song. It is very like fuck it. <laughs> so empowering, so yeah. empowering. I saw her. I went to the um, Mercury Prize. Oh, did you? Yeah, because my friend's band, um, Black Midi, were nominated oh, amazing. as well. Yeah, so we went to see them, and um, she did Selfish. I was going to pick that song, but I was like, that one's a little bit odd, so I'll pick this one instead. Mm. But that song, for me and my like my girlfriends, was like, I don't know, what's, is incremental the right word? Is that a word? I think so. I'm going to go with that. You're using big words for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Like that whole sentiment of like i am selfish like i care about myself it's and so like good. i love myself yeah. and, and that's that being fine. like okay and not a bad thing like yeah but like 
it's crazy that like even before that I was like, oh no, like me putting myself first, never. But you have to. If you don't yeah. love yourself, how like is anyone else going to or like what's the point? So Yeah, I think there's this like weird thing of like it's expected for women to be self deprecating. Mm. Like if they get a compliment then it's like Oh no. Rather not. yeah, rather than saying thank you, it's just being like, Oh no, I'm fine. Yeah. I was speaking to a woman called Lily O'Farrell who runs this Instagram account called Vulgar Drawings mm-hmm. and she was saying that she's been called intimidating so much just for saying thank you to a compliment. What? <laughs> she's like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, now I'm just like, someone's like, oh, you look nice. Like, yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried really hard on this yeah. outfit, so thank you. It took me ages to get ready. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my God, I hate when people do that. I saw this thing, Um, do you know Florence Given? Yeah in that the chapter in her book and it's like um are you intimidating or are they just intimidated there you go it's great yeah so true everything she says is like a quote it's amazing i can't believe she's 21 i know <laughs> like um what, I, I haven't started my book it's like yet. she had another life and like she got all this wisdom from this it other doesn't life make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense but yeah she's she's incredible i'd love to meet her yeah I feel like I want her to be my, my mate. Like, mm. every time I feel a bit crap about myself, she'd be like, no. Yeah, I want her to be like, come on, Olivia. <laughs> Maybe we can make it our mission to make friends with her. Okay, we can do that. We'll find her. So, obviously, your song choice is about just, like, you've got one life, you just need to live it. What are you most excited about for the future? Mm. What am I most excited about? Um, I'm excited to um play live shows again i just um sold out two shows at the jazz cafe so exciting congratulations thank you so much that is insane to me um so i'm really excited for those shows i really want to make them something that people can enjoy and like make them a memorable evening yeah and um i don't know i'm just excited to just keep thriving and be happy um just just general happiness I'm yeah. excited for. I don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic thing, man. Oh, like, don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's not end on a sad note, but we have to try and find the silver linings. We do. And, um, yeah, I'm going to write some more music and I'm going to put out some more music that I hope people, you know, feel empowered by. Yeah. That's my vibe at the moment. Like, this Be My Own Boyfriend tune. Like, I just want... Obviously, my music's for everyone. Men, you're great. But I want women to just feel... Yeah. incredible and um in- inspired so that's that's my vibe um and when this podcast goes out your new ep would have just come out yes um so it's called what am i gonna do on sundays mm. what is the inspiration <laughs> behind this title because i love it <laughs> so yeah this yeah so this is the song that i was talking about that's right. coming out that's quite devastating and um yeah i literally just come just you know was in breakup land and was feeling so um, desperate and <laughs> devastated. Like yeah. I'm someone, if I love someone, like I I love them. Yeah. Like I'm all or nothing. Yeah. And um, when it was nothing, I was like, well, what am I gonna do now? Then <laughs> who? Where am I love yeah, gonna go? Like this hole has been like dug. Exactly. And how the hell are you gonna fill it? Exactly. Like when someone becomes so like into interweaved in your life. And then suddenly they're gone. It's like, oh, what am I going to do all this time? <laughs> and like now I know what I'm going to do on Sundays. I'm going to live my best life yeah. and like, you know what I mean? Take myself on a bike ride. But at the time, yeah. I was um, a bit younger, like a year ago now, and feeling really lost. 
What is it about Sundays? They are the worst if you're mm. feeling sad. Mm. They just have this air about them. Whereas if you're like in your best place, Sunday's like the luscious day. Exactly. But when you're feeling super low, Sundays are, oh God, I just want to be in my bed and curl up. I know. Um, so yeah, this that's the title of the EP because it's sort of a breakup EP. And um, I don't know, I hope people like it. It's slightly different to all my other stuff, I'd say. In what way? Um... It's very dramatic. <laughs> and um, like the sonically and uh, the instrumentation, it's a little different for me. Right. But I'm I'm really proud of it. Um, it came from a really real place. Um, I performed it for the first time for something, I don't know if I can say before, but um, a couple of days ago. And um, after I performed it, my manager was like, are you okay? <laughs> It was so like visceral, like it was yeah. like something just came out of me. Like I feel like that's how you know you got something good, though. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, that's how music connects with people when it's really real. Mm. I I hope people can relate to it. I don't know. We'll see. I know you've spoken before about how you like to work with women behind the scenes in the music industry. Mm. Why is that so important for you to do that? Um, it's. It's crucial, really. I feel like my music is obviously written from the female perspective, as I'm a female. Mm-hmm. And um, so if the music is that way, it sort of makes sense in my brain for, like, visually... Like, all the directors I've worked with have been female, and, and I plan to keep it that way. Visually, I think it should come from a female perspective. Yeah. Not saying that, you know, men can't understand the female perspective, but... um. It just makes sense to me yeah. and I love working with women and I don't feel threatened and I feel like we all want each other to win yeah. and it's not intimidating, you know, jumping on a Zoom call and it's like five women mm. and it's like, how are we going to make this the best thing we can and how are we going to connect and, you know, make other women connect to this? And it's just refreshing. Like, there's so many men in the music industry yeah. and I don't... If I can go out of my way to just have some more women around me that would be great so yeah. I'm just going to keep doing that well I think that what the decisions that you're making um are the way we kind of begin to change mm. the industry and the gender diversity within it mm. I think you know by you making small choices to choose a female video director mm. etc it's going to create more space for those roles to become available exactly so that's how we I think you have to go to the extra things. mile exactly to yeah. start to make change. I saw this thing the other day. I don't know if you saw it. it got sharing around that like um, two point six percent of producers are women. Yeah. How wild is that? I've never worked with a female producer, yeah. and I've been writing for like or like been in the industry for like five years or something. Yeah. What? Uh, I think it's just, and <laughs> uh, maybe it's an intimidating space to move into i don't i don't know like exactly i saw um you know jacob collier like the he's like this incredible musician and this is not me cussing him out at all but he like did an instagram video and like talking about this subject and he was saying like women just like you know get logic and like get these softwares and um just get stuck in and and he was it was coming from a really good place but i was almost like but women have logic like i have logic like i know people that like produce but it's almost like the opportunity isn't there for them to go to the next level yeah. or like get into these big studios or be taken seriously taken to seriously, like yeah. work with you know artists yeah. so i don't know it's going to come from a grassroots place of like 
running free schemes and stuff to mm. get women into starting out producing to build that confidence mm. so that then they feel they can move into that industry and those spaces are created but it is sometimes like we need these like token positions put mm. in place so that it can open these doors exactly until then i think things is just a bit of a boys club at the moment yeah man <laughs> life's a boys club <laughs> For real. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> um, so I ask everyone, um, what would you change about tomorrow if you could? I feel like we've spoken a lot about Instagram, but I, I really just hate it. So I would get rid of Instagram. I would wipe it off the face of the earth. I think it's so toxic. I think it's so bad for you. I mean, obviously it's got its good things. I like sharing pictures and stuff, yeah. but I think the world was maybe a better place without it. So I'd get rid of that. And... Um, I would make yoga compulsory. <laughs> Bit of a hippy-dippy one, but listen to me. This yoga is so good. changed my life. Like, Go the on. clarity that it gives you, like, in the morning, just 20 minutes, like, everyone should just stretch. Just stretch it out. Just breathe and stretch it out. I think they should make it compulsory. I think, like, in primary schools, they should have the kids come in. Let's stretch for 20 minutes, guys. Do you know what I mean? I love that. I think, I think you're right. I think the world from my perspective as well would be a better place with more yoga and less instagram yeah that is my closing (laughs) my closing statement (laughs) i think it's brilliant well thank you so much olivia it's been a pleasure to talk to you yeah it's been so much fun and where can people find your music um on all the sort of platforms that music exists on spotify is the one that i use but you know apple music and these things and um on instagram i (laughs) (laughs) i'm olivia dino it's a a good place my instagram i keep it fun there we go Thank you so much. No worries, you too. Thank you so much to Olivia for chatting to me. She's so kind and talented and I've literally become obsessed with her music. So definitely go and listen to the new EP, What Am I Going to Do on Sundays? I highly recommend. This has been our last episode of this special collaborative series from Vocal Girls and Tomorrow Magazine. It has been such a pleasure to talk to all these incredibly talented women So I really hope that you've enjoyed listening as much as I've enjoyed creating these podcasts. Please do go and follow Vocal Girls on Instagram and Twitter at Vocal Girls Club and Tomorrow Magazine at TMRWMag. Thank you so much again for all your support and to my amazing guests. This has been Change the Record podcast with me, Megan Gray.